The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Live within the deep, dark depths of our virtual hangar, the virtual hangar of our minds. We are those guys with ships. Today is May 24th, 2947, and you are tuned to episode number 156 of the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Guys, what do you get when you cross a Vanduul dog and a Terran squirrel? A horrifying mm. science experiment? Squappies! A Van Squappies! Puppies? Squappies! S Q U P P I E S. Squappies! Squappies. I, st- I stand by my statement. A, a horrifying science experiment. Squappies! <laughs> and speaking of, um, I, now Ace, I know you're a big fan. Have you seen the new Alien movie yet? A big fan? I think you're a saw... huge Alien fan. No, not really. Uh, I've seen Alien, and I've seen Aliens, the wow. second one. I've seen Aliens. I've played Alien, uh, I pl- I've, I've had the, the pleasure and the pain of playing, um, Colonial Marines. I've played the Alien versus Predator games, and, but I've not seen that many of the movies. Uh, and I've heard not fantastic things about Covenant, either. Way to, yeah. way to research, Gleep. You're like, guys, oh, you're a huge fan, huge fan. And you know. Like, no, I actually hate <laughs> like, that franchise. Not, not really. <laughs> no, I don't even know what you're talking about. What? It's, they, no. What, who? A, a, aliens? I don't understand. Nathan Dursley. It was Nathan Dursley. I get the two confused all the time. Mm-hmm. You confuse me with Nathan Dursley? I do. I did. Just I'm not now. sure if I should feel insulted or, or complimented. Dude, mm. Nathan's epic. And foggy, but we'll come to that later. Ha ha! All right. So uh, before we move on, I do want to point out um, a tweet, and I will include a link into the show notes uh, from a couple of guys with ships representing on the other side of the world. Uh, our friends, uh, um, uh, Handsome Devil, and a recent uh, addition to the org, Mister Low Bow. Uh, they uh, took a picture uh, holding uh, Handsome's uh, Those Guys With Ships t-shirt in front of an extremely large vehicle. I asked Mark if, if this comes in a hybrid, and he said he wasn't sure. He was going to look into that for me. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, emissions and whatnot. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I will, I will, I will post a link. Uh, you know, it's stuff like this that makes it all worthwhile for me. You know, you know honestly, I looked at that. I thought, nonsense. There's, it's just an Arma screenshot. That's all. <laughs> yeah, the well, graphic, um, the graphical improvement. I know the man that those high settings. Whew. Sixty-four bit. That's what's for dinner. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate uh, you guys posting that uh, handsome and uh, low bow. It's uh, it's very very cool, and um, I'm I'm glad that you guys are uh, able to get a chance to listen to us, and uh, hopefully we are entertaining uh, you uh, a little bit, at least some maybe. With awesome. the exception of right now, we're sorry. 
<laughs> that was that. Is that is that the three ten to Yuma passing through your your, your place over there? Ah, yeah. Well, don't worry, we'll filter that out in post. Actually, I don't <laughs> know if we'll be able to filter out the train, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, I have all the windows closed. I have the air conditioning turned off. I have no fans on. <sighs> the things I do. The things I do for you guys. Oh, all righty then. How how are you guys? We know how I am. I'm chatty as always. Jimmy, how was that scum and villainy? Uh, it was great. So, <clears throat> the um, scum and villainy cantina in L.A., it's pop-up cantina, uh, modeled after the Star Wars cantina, was a lot of fun. Um, it's funny, though, because, uh, uh, A, I thought this was kind of a traveling thing. It's not. It's just in L.A. Um, it is uh, going on through June. Uh, it's a temporary uh, pop-up. In other words, the canteen is not always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anybody's in the L.A. area and wants to go, uh, you can make reservations for May. You can make reservations for June. Oh, okay. um, and you can do walk-ins, but it's based subject to availability. So the cantina was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Um, I would recommend booking the later showing because usually it's about two hours. They do like a 6 to 8, and then they do an 8.30 to 10.30. But the thing is, with the 8.30 to 10.30 you can stay until the bar closes because there's nobody behind that, you know, behind that, ah, that time slot. There you go. Yeah, so we went on the later slot. It's funny, though, because it's like, you know, 23-year-old me would have been drinking blue milks all night and, and, and <laughs> wandering the bar and chatting with people and taking pictures and partying like, you know, nobody's business. 1999? Right. 45-year-old me hung out for about an hour and a half. We had a couple of cocktails. We, we made some new friends. Uh, we did some pictures and then it was like, okay, let's go home. Did you start yawning? Did anybody lose an arm <laughs> while you were there? No, um, but and that's the thing is it, it's a bar. At the end of the day, it's just a bar. But the whole bar looks like you know the Moss Eisley's Cantina, and a lot of people are dressed up. So it, it's a lot of fun in that respect. You kind of go and you hang out, and and all these people are dressed up in costumes, and you're like, wow, all right, I'm kind of in the Star Wars universe for a little bit. Um, it's uh, a nice tease for Star Wars land, Star Wars land that's coming to Disneyland uh, in I think the next two or three years. Ah. Did you uh, have, by chance, the modal nodes playing in the background? Uh, yes. Yeah, someone knows what I'm talking about. A couple of tracks <laughs> did come up, but uh, you know there was also a lot of other music. It was always it was all space based. You know, obviously, um, you know uh, there was some Bowie. Uh, there was uh, you know anything that kind of fit that vibe. Elton John's Rocket Man, that type of stuff was playing. Did in the they background. play the uh, 1970s uh, Star Wars funk mix? I did not hear that. No, and actually now I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm sorry was, to uh, pop the bubble <laughs> But it was a great time um, We had a lot of fun And uh, Gleep also I finally got to see Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2 Yes yeah, And, and you missed Race? Did you? Yeah I've Oh seen it. awesome Actually, well, I saw it. I, I'm sorry You know while I was busily trying to recover from my, my Foss Pox uh, Ace did you see the Alien movie? No I did not see the you, Alien you know, movie Okay nobody's seen it Okay never nope. mind Because I <laughs> Reason I asked I also, is because I also do not like the Alien stuff movies. I thought you were a big fan. Uh, no, the reason I ask is that I hear that um, uh, some of the ships, especially in the early parts of that film, are very Star Citizeny, and so I was just uh, interested uh, in a firsthand uh, um, either confirmation or decl- declination. No, that's not right. I think that's actually Elvis Costello's real name is declination. Declination McManus. No. Okay. You're just all over the place tonight. <clears throat> so, Ace, how are you? Uh, mildly perturbed, but otherwise okay. Mildly perturbed? Yes. Yeah, you are all over the place tonight. 
okay. It's like uh, <laughs> like you're you're like a, a squirrel crossed with a vanduul dog. <laughs> Squippies. All right. Well, um, before the uh, we continue with the frivolities, um, uh, we would be remiss. A uh, little little sad news here. We would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the tragedy in Manchester. We have um, you know folks in our org all over the world and um, quite a few in the UK actually. Uh, so the uh, the tragedy uh, last Monday, um, our thoughts and wishes for healing, of course, go out to um, to all of all of our friends there and everyone else um, affected by this uh, this horrible event. And um, you know, it's also uh, personally, I know for Jimmy and I, uh, we texted a little bit about this. Um, we lost a. One of our uh, one of the heroes of our uh, respective youths, uh, Mr. Chris Cornell, this week. Um, it was very sad that uh, that uh, that he has has left us. And um, um, uh, I know I saw I saw him with Soundgarden. Gosh, it had to have been in the '90s. It was quite possibly the loudest concert I've ever been to. It was it was. <laughs> They actually, it was at, at a place in Sacramento. It's a, a storied place, actually. Um, I believe one of the Beach Boys live albums was recorded there, uh, a famous Beach Boys live album. But anyway, the Stones had played there, um, uh, just all kinds of bands had played there. It was a Sacramento Memorial Auditorium. And it was so loud, they opened all the doors, and me and my buddy that I was with at the show, we went and stood across the street from the auditorium and listened to the second half of the concert. It was awesome. It was awesome, <laughs> but it was... It was just wow. The uh, the first time that I saw Soundgarden, uh, they opened for Guns N' Roses on the Usual Illusion tour. Oh my god! And we had gone to see GNR, obviously. And right, right, we, right. This was this was probably about eight months before Seattle broke. Mm. And so you know, like at the time, we were really into like Jane's Addiction. We were really into Sisters of Mercy. Uh, Faith No More, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, GNR wasn't really glam, so we were into that. Metallica's Black album had just come out, and we were all debating the finer points of that versus, <laughs> you know, and Justice for All, um, right, which right, I right. still think is a better album. Not mixed as well, but musically, I like Injustice. A- anyway, um, so Masters. we were, and, and Soundgarden had been around for um, for a while at that point. I think they've been around since like eighty eight, uh, eighty seven, eighty eight. Mm-hmm. But we weren't familiar with them. And we remember when they came out, we were like, holy cow, who are these guys? These guys are amazing. It was like, we, we both, uh, was a, the singer that I was in the band I was in at the time, we both looked at each other and we were like, these guys are kind of like Black Sabbath in a way. And, and you know, but the singer, it, you know, the singer's very much like Dio. It's like Sabbath Dio, but, but Ozzy music, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we were just completely blown away. And yeah, it was like six to eight months later, Nirvana broke and Soundgarden broke and Alice right. in Chains broke and all these phenomenal bands that really defined my 20s. You know, mm-hmm. um, those bands broke when I, I, I had just turned 21. Um, I'd only been in a band, like a, an actual band playing clubs for, you know, maybe a year, not very long. And those bands just changed my life musically. They were oh, yeah. they were the bands that I was looking for because the the whole glam thing, like I was never really that into that. For me, when all my friends were really into glam, um, I was into Zeppelin, I was into Sabbath, I was into Hendrix. Mm-hmm. I liked a little bit like Faster Pussycat and I liked some of the edgier stuff, but but there was this kind of hole where it was like, okay, there's something missing and when Nirvana and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and, and Mudhoney and uh, Fudge Tunnel uh, you know and then later on Caius <laughs> when all those bands came along uh-huh. it, it just was like 
holy cow, Clutch. I know those are a little bit later, but still, all, that whole run of bands in the 90s were just incredible. And Soundgarden, for me, was my favorite of all of the grunge bands. Um, and <laughs> since I had seen uh, Soundgarden two more times, I'd seen Chris Cornell live. Um, really sad um, thinking about it, but I actually saw Chris and his family at Disneyland uh, probably about three or four years ago. Um, you know, it was one of those things where it was like we just saw him and his family, my wife and I. Wow. And, and you know, it's not appropriate, in my opinion, it's not appropriate to go up to people in those types of settings. They're, no, no. They're no. out with their family there. So we yeah. didn't say anything. We just kind of looked from afar, and it was it was definitely Chris. Um, and his wife, and we were just like, "Oh wow, that's really cool that you know that they're here." So um, yeah, it was it was a bummer um, to to find out you know just out of the blue that that he had passed. Uh, really disappointing. Uh, it's just such a phenomenal singer. I, I just I absolutely loved Chris Cornell's voice, his solo stuff, his stuff with Audio Slave, his stuff with Soundgarden. Um, I'm definitely going to miss him. And the other thing that really bums me out is the three kind of biggest bands to come out of the the grunge era all three singers are gone nirvana well, you got eddie, eddie vetter <laughs> oh yeah okay sorry four i i don't like uh, i don't pearl Jam, so i don't really count yeah. them but okay i take that back of the four big bands that came out of that era three of their three singers are gone yeah Kurt, um you know chris uh, it just it's a bummer yeah. you know it's interesting that you love you that you mentioned Dio um, because I think he and Chris uh, shared uh, just uh, they were blessed with incredible instruments. Uh, there, you know, uh, Dio Dio was able had an amazing range up to his the point that he died in his sixties. Um, you know, and or he, he might even be close to seventy, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Chris the same thing, just an amazing range, and it was just like, wow. You know, and, so. and and they have an album coming out. Whoa! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, James Bond died too. Actually, you know what? I, I've one discussed of, this with one of the several Bonds. people, and one of this, the Bonds. this is not the James Bond. But and and he he passed at eighty nine. He had a, he had an amazing life, and I enjoyed watching him. But he's he was no he's no Sir Sean. I can't do it. I can't I can't do a good Sean Connery. Anybody can Sean, do a, Sean Connery? I can't do a good Sean Connery. It's a Scottish accent. That's a tough one to pull off. Yeah, I, I just want so bad to be able to to say every line that he says in... Um, oh, I got one. Okay. One ping only. No. Yeah, no. You sound no. No. Yeah. You sound like a supervillain. You don't sound like Bond. Yeah, you do sound like Dr. Evil. Yeah. That's, uh, I, got, I got more Dr. Evil than I did James Bond. One million pings. There you go. Exactly. Okay. All right. Spot on. All right, but anyway, I mean, I, I you know, now going through this, I, I do want to say that obviously, um, us losing uh, heroes of our, our youth and um, um, and our and and of the cinema uh, is not to be compared with uh, the, the horrible tragedy in Manchester. So I'm not trying to equate the two. I'm just trying to uh, you know um, touch on all touch on all the bad things. Yeah, I, I yeah. do. I do have terrible news for both of you, and that is that one day we will all at one point descend into the howling void. And on that note, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Existentialism brought to you by TGWS. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, so, I, last time, guys, when uh, the three of us were together, I neglected to mention the most recent addition to my fashion collection. That would be something discovered immediately upon exiting the Mass Effect New Earth ride we discussed last time. Yes, that's right. The Ferguson Fedora. 
And for those of you out in Radioland that are not familiar, Ferguson is uh, one of our delightful org members uh, whose mm. last name is Turd. And this is a first hat. name. Sorry, his first name is Turd. <laughs> very Turd clearly Ferguson. a poop hat. And this is very clearly a poop hat. Remember, Gleep, people can't see what you're talking about. I will Ooh. say, though, it's got a beautiful expression on it, on the poop hat face. That is a phrase I don't think I would ever expect to, to, to speak in my adult life. Poop hat face. It is the official chapeau of the Turtlese Liberation Army. Now, now the red smile, would that be a tomato? And would the eyes oh, be like, uh, like, like beans? Mmm, <laughs> maybe hard-boiled eggs. Mmm, okay. okay. <laughs> Smell-o-vision. All right, so anyway, um, stuff we're going to talk about. We have uh, been looking forward to this. Uh, our very own squadron commander, Mr. Ace Azamine, has been... Running a Dungeons and Dragons, it is you are running D and D, right? You are using the the five E rule set. Yes. Okay, so he's been running a campaign for a while, and um, oh, he's been uh, uh, christening uh, shows uh, uh, for a while now with uh, a monster of the uh, of the episode, and so uh, we thought we'd check in and find out how the campaign's going and, and uh, how much fun he's having um, uh, doing that. So, um, so Ace. last session last session was a TPK. That's it. No, no more. Session's <laughs> over. That, that was one of my questions. It's like, it's like sorry guys, started to throw wet, wet, you know, uh, a wet blanket on this segment, but yeah, no, campaign's over. Uh, yeah, it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, uh, I have been, you know, I, I really enjoy playing as a uh, as a D and D player, but I think I actually enjoy DMing more. So, uh, firstly, before we continue, again for those people out in pro, uh, podcast land. What is the deal with this image? Because it is terrifying. What are these? What is this that you have plunked down the middle of the segment for me? Well, you see, I, one of my questions I had about your campaign, I, I want to ask about the setting. Uh, then, I, uh, And um, I'm playing in a couple of campaigns right now. I'm not running. I'm, I'm, I'm a player. Uh, but they are um, uh, pretty significantly homebrewed. Um, they're based around the 5e rule set, but they're, they're, um, there are a lot of... of uh, House rules and uh, the the settings are completely customized um, or heavily customized. Uh, well, one of them is Blade Runner, so that's 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 definitely that's that's built from the ground up. But um, so the idea came to me of uh, the, the the bespokeness of your campaign is what did you is Google the, bespokeness? No, I made it up. Um, and <laughs> Just... and so of course I thought well bespokeness. I mean I think you know we every time that. Chris says fidelity. Uh, all around the world, people take a drink. Every time uh, Tony Zervik says, you know, all around the world, people take a drink. I'm thinking we need something. Uh, uh, we need a game uh, for every time someone from CIG uses the word bespoke. And so I was trying to think, I, we don't need another drink. I don't drink. So, I mean, drinking games are kind of lost on me anyway. Uh, so I thought, hey, how about every time someone on a CIG published um, video, or um, I guess it would be videos, a video set, uses the word bespoke, we all flip our eyelids up. Nope. 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 With the, the power of a thousand dying suns. Nope. I wear contacts. That would be problematic. No, you, see, you flip your eyelids up. Like, like these guys here. Yeah, that would be problematic when you wear contacts. My days hmm. of taking you seriously, Gleave, have certainly come to a middle. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, sorry, you, you've you've ever you've taken Gleave seriously at some point. 
Yeah. You know, at one point I thought, man, the this guy's an upstanding model citizen. He does a podcast. He's a leader of an organization. I have quickly been disabused of that notion. Mm. Um, when I was in junior high school, um, I was in a, you know, when you're in junior high school, uh, you are put into study groups. You aren't allowed to form your own study groups. And um, I was in a study group with two other people, and uh, one of them was a, um, a young lady, and we were all in our early teenage years, a young lady who was maturing much too fast, much, much, much too fast for any of the young men to handle. Um, so the, uh, the other fellow that was in the group with me, uh, he would do this with his eyelids because that was his way of flirting. I'm sure that worked well for him. No, yeah, it didn't. That, uh, Not at all. I got nothing. Anyway, let's... let's. <laughs> the sooner we can move away from <laughs> right, this disturbing getting, topic, getting and the better. Hey. You asked. You put it in the, in the show notes. I was like, what is this? What? I am so confused. <laughs> okay, so your campaign. Ask so your what, what's, questions. What, what's the setting? Tell me, tell me about the setting. Um, so it is a homebrew setting. Um... Uh, it is to, to start I mean it's pretty small at the moment um, and I'm, I've been slowly fleshing it out as we've been going sort of ahead of the players so that if they decide nope don't want to do this want to go somewhere else I have somewhere else for them to go mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, the I, I will wholeheartedly admit that I've taken some inspiration from some of my favorite media um, so I needed to develop a continent uh, and so actually one of the things I did is I actually went into Skyrim and mm-hmm. found one of the constellations, and that constellation is now the major trade routes of my society. Uh, just like, because oh. it has a it has a nice chain north to south, east to west, and some diagonal. So I was able to once I had that, I had a skeleton of what my continent looked like, and mm-hmm. I could fill in the areas of where you know what what the natural biomes of the area would be. So what's forest, what's alpine, what's oh, okay. uh, desert, what's shoreland, what's what. Um, the empire that they are currently, the setting that they're in, is the Empire of Caliston. Um, okay. They have not reached the main city yet. They are the campaign is currently at, at its at its very beginning. Uh, starts out at a um, sort of like a forward operating base, a, a northernmost outpost. Uh, and and part of the reason I designed this was that at the time we were having we were, were working on this campaign, I had a lot of flux in who my players were. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, what I need is I need a a large pool of NPCs so mm-hmm. that if one person can't come, then I yes. can reach into that pile of NPCs and be like, all right, here's your character sheet. This is who you are. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And, and then if that person... Uh, you know, decides that they didn't want to play or they can't come, then they go back in the in the pool and, you know, yanks another another uh, character out. I'm like, all right, now you, you, you are now this person. Um, okay. And that way I had a sort of a, a pool of people to work with, um, both character and class types, so that if a, if somebody came into my game and was like, I really want to play a rogue, it's like, well, I happen to have a set of, of archers uh, who are rogue or fighter class, depending upon their breakdown. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, and then you sort of leap into the campaign that way, playing as that, that sort of pre-built character. Um, so are the people you're playing with, uh, are they in general uh, uh, less experienced? No, um, uh, so I could say up and down the spectrum. Um, uh, we have a few people who are veterans, like mm-hmm. like second, third, and fourth edition, like they've played in, in most oh, of the editions. Okay. Uh, and we have a few people who have played not at all. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Ace uh, 
who had no interest in D&D, has played several times now. Oh, nice. Uh, and so she's like, she represents the, the extreme end of that spectrum. She played a, uh, at one point in our campaign, fairly crucial healer. Helped keep oh. the party alive. That's important. Um, so um, no famous NPCs. I, I don't have a Gilmore or, uh, or a... Uh, um, uh, a black, you know, a black powder merchant. For those of you who watch Critical Role or have, or have seen uh, anything like, um, what's it, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. Nothing, nothing that stands out as a fan favorite yet. Mm-hmm. But again, my, you know, the campaign—they're only third level at this point. Okay. Uh, so they haven't had a chance to really explore the world yet. Um, okay. And you, you started them out at first level. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, cool. And then. Um, uh, you know, as far as it's going, we're I think we're all really enjoying it. Um, I've been able to really pull the having the access to the internet has been a huge thing oh, because yeah. it means that I'm not just reliant on um, the monster manual or um, the the DM's guide or the player's handbook. Um, there is a whole slew of internet-based uh, resources. Uh, everything from um, the digital dungeon master's guide, or the um, these are and places where like oh the like the DM's marketplace, like the DM's mm-hmm. guild, where people mm-hmm. can put up adventures or creatures or ideas for other people to steal and take down and use in their own games. Um, I've also recently become a huge fan of the Reddit uh, form. It's a D and D monster now. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a it's a sub subreddit developed by one guy who visits other reddit forums and creates monster tables based on topics or discussions in a reddit thread <laughs> or images like images or stuff that's sent to him oh my gosh uh, and it's it's been a fantastic like uh, place to mine ideas and creatures because I've I have some players I've said some I have some players who are um, veterans so they know the monster manual pretty well so if I throw in a creature that they've never seen or heard of before, it's a surprise for them. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's like you know, kind of mix it up and uh, keep it fresh for everybody. Um, so how yeah, many exactly. people do you tend to have in your party? Um, I try and get four to five. Um, mm-hmm. the re- the reason is is that if um, uh, it's sort of like in the way that Arma is is easier the more people you have with you, like mm-hmm. the more chances you are you have people to help you pick yourself back up or or, or uh, play together. Um, mm-hmm. Five or so people is enough that I can throw the book at the party a little bit mm-hmm. and know that they can support each other and keep each other going. Yeah. At, at like two or th- if you have like only two or three or you know sometimes even just one player, you have to be really careful because right. one monster that is a challenge rating of like a quarter Right. Will can kill a person, a single player, because they have no backup of any kind. Well, it and sounds like you're, you're you've got a, a I think what is crucial in my opinion uh, a, a crucial talent for uh, any DM, which is to um, understand how important it is to keep things fun. And well, not- I, I, I would say that one of the things that I learned um, playing and DMing is that. Uh, one of the things that's important about Dungeons and Dragons is that your players are the heroes of the realm. They are the Luke Skywalker and the um, the the Padme and the Anakin and and the uh, uh, what's the uh, the Kirk and Spock or I mean they're they're the heroes of those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as such, 
you can throw them into peril or danger, but you, you know, f- see if you can find a way to provide them with an out, uh, something that, that they can, a clever idea or riddle or puzzle that they can solve, uh, something to portray their characters in an, a heroic light. And if you can do that while still making gameplay at least a little challenging, yeah. um, then it then everybody has fun. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I, it's tough. Like I've I've played. I used to play a lot at open tables, and so you would you would often you would get different dungeon masters. Usually, one of of a, a small number of people, but you would always have new players to the table. And it, every once in a while, there would be somebody that wanted to show up and. To, you know, basically backstab other people in the party. That was their idea of fun, and you know, and it's just—I don't know. It's it just that to me. I did have some some rules. I had some rules when we set up this campaign. I was like, all right, so if we want to do an evil campaign, tell me out the out- outset that that's something that we want to do. If we want to have player conflict, let me know so I can design. Uh, and so the group decided as a whole to do, you know, sort of a. Uh, a good aligned campaign, so which gave good. me, you know, yeah. gave me a, uh, a, a setting and sort of a a very general uh, universe to work from. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um, and so it's basically fantasy, right? It's, it's yeah, um, okay. it is fantasy. However, and uh, if any one of my people is listening to this, Stags, I'm looking at you. Uh, please pause the podcast because I'm about to reveal some minor dun, dun, spoiler dun, dun, dun. details. Flip I know that I, I think, yeah, I think we have. I think I have uh, one or two people in the pod, or that that listen to the pod, uh, that are also in my campaign. Pad, mm-hmm. pad, pad. Um, uh, so it is fantasy for the most part, but the party just came across a. Uh, a selection of mysterious weapons that uh, don't have any magical ability, but are incredibly destructive in nature. And mm. there is there is a, um, uh, a a a plot hook that is involved in that. Uh, there is a, a place uh, not of this world that Uh-oh. they may stumble across at some point if they continue along the path that they're currently on. Nice. So. Uh, can, can Stags turn the, sh- the the podcast back on? You can turn the, yeah, turn the podcast back on. Okay, Stags, yeah. turn it back on. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds uh, like I, you, I have you haven't killed, killed any of your players yet. Um, yes and no. Um, so I have a backup <laughs> campaign. Uh, you either um, killed them or you didn't kill them. Well, so I have it's a binary. backup campaign in case in case uh, uh, not everybody can come. Uh, so ah, I have a, okay, okay. Uh, and, the, and the backup campaign I, I tend to refer to as D and D Junior. Um, hmm. The idea behind it was I wanted to turn the sort of the D and D classic tropes on their head a little bit. So the players in that game, uh, the characters in that game, are all sons and daughters of a, of a fantastically successful adventuring party that their parents are, and so they're playing as the bratty kids who have yet to make a name for themselves and sort of get out from underneath their parents' uh, shadow. Oh, and cool. in in that game, uh, they got up to no no good, escaped from the family uh, castle, found the town uh, crypt, and one of them uh, actually got themselves down to zero HP inside a uh, a temple of death, and met the Raven Queen, uh, and is and is taking on a level of warlock as a result. So you're you're going to kill children, but not adult characters. Well, they they wanted to. 
in my defense, she wanted to have her character take on a level of warlock. They have something they wanted mm-hmm. to do for that character, and I was like, "Well, how do we do this?" Uh, because because warlock packs uh, require that your character come in contact with an extra planar or an ancient or otherworldly being, and then that being gives the the warlock their magic. That's how the the class functions. So uh-huh. there needed to be a way to make that happen, and so I in, I intentionally had them in this dungeon, intentionally threw monsters that were a little bit tougher than what they would normally be used to, and had the monsters basically aggro onto this one character, uh, and so she was brought her health down to zero, and so then she died, uh, and when she did, uh, her the Raven Queen is the the goddess of the moment of death in mm-hmm. the D and D universe. So when the moment you flatline, uh, you you see the Raven Queen, and she's like the the ferryman uh, who who uh, takes you across the River Styx, the the god of that moment of expiration. And uh, so the goddess said, you know, it's like you, it's not your time yet. Uh, I have I have a mission for you. Um, uh, I will lend you my power, and you will do my bidding as a result. Oh, and nice. so that's how, that's how the character gained their level of warlock is now that they have a uh, a binding to the Raven Queen and and you could you can do the same thing with a paladin um, because you a paladin is, is is a similar in that in that they take their inspiration from an outside deity of some kind mm-hmm. whether that be a god or a devil or a, an, an ancient creature dragon um, yeah dragon well I have a I have a I have a warlock character in, in one of the games that I played. Uh, who aspired to be a wizard mm-hmm. as much as he wanted to be, uh, but had no magical talent of any kind of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he made a pact with a shadow dragon to get magical ability. And so in the party that he's in, all of his spells, despite being warlock spells, he tries to cast them as a wizard. So uh, uh, Force Bolt is, is magic missile, and he shouts mm-hmm. magic missile when he casts it. It looks nothing like a magic missile, and so all the party members in that group are like looking at him, like, "You say you're a wizard, but you don't cast or or behave anything like a wizard does." <laughs> oh, it's fun stuff. Fun stuff. Well, I've, um, I've been we, really enjoying it. Good. Well, we, we um uh, can we come and revisit this uh, again at a later date and kind of uh, see how things are progressing for you? Sure. If uh, if you want to find out how um, our party uh, uh, encounters with the aliens from Aliens Covenant, the movie that I do not watch, we can talk about that afterwards. Yes, certainly. Well, I was thinking maybe on on a future episode uh, we can uh, revisit the topic because uh, obviously we could uh, we could continue talking about this um, and fill the entire show with it, but we've got other things to talk about. Star Citizen thing. True. True stories. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Asa. Appreciate that, and we uh, look forward to hearing more about it in the future. Maybe we can learn some of the characters' names and personalities and stuff like that. That would be, uh, I think, interesting to sort of follow along. All right. So, speaking of Star Citizen, we had um, yet again um, the most recent. Yet again, the most recent. That doesn't make any sense. Eh. Agency Eclipse Concept Sale. Um, it is armed with multiple torpedoes and state-of-the-art scan-diffusing technology. The Agency Eclipse has been the UEE's best and least known 
protection. It is the Navy's top choice in border defense and a preferred first strike weapon against the Van Duel. Now, in an effort to increase transparency with the Xi'an, the Eclipse is declassified and available for purchase by citizens. That, to me, just seems like such a strange policy. But, oh well, <laughs> lore doesn't have to make sense. It just has to, it has to pass the rule of cool. That's all, that's all that matters. Um, so it's it's an awful um, an awful lot to my eye an awful lot like the uh, Northrop Grumman B two uh, yes really I bomber. was I was thinking more along the F one seventeen Nighthawk mm, I don't know this ship uh, uh, late eighties mid nineties stealth I sense a link raft. coming I sense a link coming soon. yeah yeah here we go here we go uh, ta da ta da okay open 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 ah you know what. It's um, that's uh, that's uh, looks very reminiscent as well. Um, yeah. Well, it's uh, so anyway, it's a very uh, very cool ship, and for only two hundred fifty dollars. Well, actually, I don't know. Um, by the time this comes out, because this will be coming out uh, at the end of the holiday weekend, I think the sale might be might be ending right at that time. So if you're if you're listening to this right as it's um, being released, uh, you may still have a chance to buy one. Could be that your chance is gone. But hurry now! For, hurry now! Hurry now. Supplies are limited. (laughs) Travel back in time, and for only $250 cash money or $275 in store credit, the Aegis Eclipse could have been yours. Wait, yes. No. Gleep, do Mm -hmm. you have one? No, I don't. Um... But I wanted to ask Ace because it's um um it's roughly a um a straight across trade for a spoon rest. Uh, Did you have any kind of temptation? Nope. Nope. Mm. You, um, I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm, I'm sorry to pop your bubble there, but nope. Uh, mm. I bought this. I bought the spoon rest uh, more on the on the lines and design of the ship. Mm. Um, uh, the the fact that it is a giant bomber uh, mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic, and I love that it does that. Um, mm-hmm. But the design of the ship was the thing that sold me on the reclaimer, or the reclaimer, the the um, retaliator retaliator when i first saw it i i was there's there is a series of images in the concept sale art that uh absolutely captured my attention uh the other thing is that it the the spoon rest reminds me a lot of um the sr71 in terms of its design and and styling and paint job and like that Uh, and i like i love that long thin Heavy, like large engine design that the uh, the the uh, SR seventy one has, and you know, okay. I, I thought about at some point turning that ship into like a traveling vessel or like a, a, a live in home at some point. Uh, there's a there's a fantastic bit bit of early fiction, written fan fiction. I think it's called the Retaliator. Is the name of the story about mm. a family that finds a. Uh, damaged retaliator, and they converted into a home, like a traveling home. And I thought huh. it was a really neat idea when I first read it. Uh, so I, I, you know, I saw the uh, the eclipse, and I thought that's neat. But I, you know, I I have my my fighter craft, and I have my big bomber, uh, and more importantly, um, since uh, since it's a, as you said, it's a straight over trade. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't use store credit. You can't CCU over to it if it's exactly the same price. Because I, I nope. looked at it, I, I went to go see if you could do it, but but, but you could a, you could melt right. You technically, could melt it. yes, I could probably have melted it, and but the retaliator that I have, I wanted to keep it. So okay, all right. Well, um, but how about other people, um, Jimmy? 
Um, no, I, I thought it was a, um, a really cool looking ship. I like the design, but bombers aren't really my thing. Um, so, and you know, we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm pretty much kind of set, uh, ship wise. I mean, I'm really curious about the Banu Merchantman. I'm really curious about the Carrick. Uh, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, I'm, I'm pretty, in a pretty good place unless they come out with, you know, this is the premier smuggling ship. Um, right. I don't. Uh, I don't see myself making too many swap overs at this point. Um, Caterpillar, I'm very happy with. Uh, I'm really curious as to see what the redesign of the uh, Cutlass is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like the Cutlass more than I like the Freelancer. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe I can use the Cutlass in that capacity um, instead of the Freelancer. But I don't know yet. We'll see. Cool. Well, um, over the first two days, and uh, I should probably remind folks, we are recording this on the 24th of May. It's going to be coming out normally when we record this show. It comes out the immediate uh, next day, so we are running about a week behind on on this. We kind of mixed things up this time. It was Gleep and Mark, then it was Gleep and Mark, and now it's uh, um, Ace and Jimmy and Gleep, you know, so it's, uh, we just, you know, got to keep it, uh, got to keep people on their toes. Getting crazy getting crazy all up here in the podcast um so uh but anyway back in uh when it went on sale over the first two days uh the funding numbers increased uh by the daily funding numbers increased by an order of magnitude so uh, roughly uh on, they had been averaging running up to it about forty thousand dollars a day that they were raising and that popped up to um across the first two days about four hundred thousand and, um, and I'm guessing that this is all cash money. It's not store credit because um, uh, store credit wouldn't affect the funding numbers. And through Sunday, which would have been the sixth um, uh, uh, day of the sale, let's see, because no, that couldn't have been the sixth day through Sunday. Anyway, it, they raised about um, uh, more than a million dollars. Um, of course, as you know, you can't. We don't know for sure that those were all Eclipse bucks, but um, I think it's fair to say that um, um, it's it, it certainly hasn't hurt anything, and it seems like people are interested. I know the uh, the fellows over on um, I forget is it Nakara. It's one of the one of the guys on the Relay podcast. He tracks the uh, the dollars very very uh, closely. Um, he actually has a report um, about um, about. Uh, uh, CIG just passing the $150 million mark and how we got to that point. So um, I will link that article in the show notes. Uh, definitely go check it out. They, um, um, but And, and, he's, and his, uh, his uh, thinking is, is that it was a, a successful sale. So um, production schedule. Production schedule. And again, uh, we're running a little bit behind here on uh, or running off on the date. So this would be through the 19th of May. And uh, nothing, uh, nothing shocking, really. Uh, they... Um, they talked about uh, the the, uh, uh, the concept sale in the uh, newsletter in the newsletter, and uh, they acknowledged the 150 million dollars in total funds, uh, passing that mark. Um, and um, and then, as I, I mentioned, uh, the folks, the guys over on Relay, uh, in their most recent episode, episode 22, uh, they also did a um, uh, had an interesting conversation um, with Astropub Paul. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Astropub, the streamer. Uh, but he was uh, he was guesting on their show, and they had a discussion uh, about the 150 million dollar um, uh, threshold, and uh, you know, kind of talked about. I guess uh, Paul has some experience uh, in um, in uh, this, um, or has some knowledge of of, uh, of 
businesses like CIG. <clears throat> and so I thought he there was a, a, an interesting discussion about it's not just a pile of money sitting there. It's it's uh, it's you have to look at it in in terms of uh, uh, flows of income and um, you know being able to have lines of credit and leasing and, and stuff like that. So uh, anyway, check that out. Um, and uh, hey, Gleep. Sir, got to pause for a second. I got a bathroom emergency. Be right back. Okay. Vamp, vamp. Da 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 the aim dates now. Have you looked at the uh, production schedule A's? Nope. I know I'm, I'm a terrible star citizener at the moment, mm. uh, but I, I will I will admit I have been busy with up with uh, uh, job related stuff and of course Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So yes, I haven't been paying. I've been I've actually been I've been watching the uh, um, oh what's it uh, the ATVs religiously, but I haven't mm-hmm. re- really been following the. Um, the printed material all that much um so i apologize well, for my my lack of of knowledge <laughs> the aim dates are ranges now which i thought was kind of interesting i seem to remember in the past that they were actually specific dates and uh anyway um we had um we had i think last time we discussed this the the uh the target date for release of 3.0 to live was uh, July 13th. And now it's uh, reported in there as a range, as somewhere between July 6th and July 20th. Now, that's a two-week range. You split the difference right down the middle, July 13th. So, not a whole lot uh, not a whole lot of difference there. Um, and the release uh, of um, to the Evocati PTU uh, somewhere between uh, June 12th and June 22nd. Uh, so uh, that's coming up not too far off. June 12th would be roughly, I think that would be two weeks from tomorrow, Thursday, right? Um, so that's um, that's kind of cool and exciting. So we'll know that we're getting closer if that happens, because I think that they'll they'll announce that or, or, or word of that will leak. And then uh, for the general PTU, so that everybody can uh, can get a shot at it or subscribers and, and um, um, uh, other. I forget, I forget all the criteria, but anyway, that's uh, currently scheduled for somewhere between June 23rd and July 5th. So uh, we are getting closer, and that's, so that's very, very exciting. I'm very um, curious to see what the what the uh, what, what the the 3.0 that actually comes out actually turns out to be like, because it's changed long. a few times in terms of what they're what is included, what hasn't. Ships that have were thought to be in it have slipped from the, the listing, while other ships have suddenly appeared. Features have disappeared, while new features or other features have come in. So I'm very curious to see what the final version of whatever 3.0 is when it's finally released. I think that you uh, you will not be alone. A lot of people will be because uh, you know it, it could be that uh, the the patch notes on on. Uh, release day may look significantly different than what we see in the production schedule. I mean, by significantly, I mean it's not going to be, you know, like, well, we decided not to release any ships, or we've decided not to have um, any um, uh, landing areas. I mean, it's, it's there's there's some stuff in there that it's very high probability we're going to get, but there may be some, you know, small things, like, you know, uh, you know balance to a particular weapon or something that may not happen. So, 
I agree. I think uh, uh, we shall be watching that closely. Um, and speaking of the ATVs, which you do watch and love so hard, so bad, um, we had a couple of them, uh, one on the 11th, this has happened since the last time we recorded, on the 11th and the 18th, uh, Universal Interaction was the title of the first one, and oh my god, did you see those cool images out of the UK? I've been watching the uh, the images, the the the... Uh, inter, uh, what is it? The inner thought system as it's been uh, uh, evolving and progressing. I think, I think, honestly, it looks like a fantastic uh, uh, improvement to the to the system we had before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be more um, the the new interaction system will be more interactive. Does that make sense? That seems elementary, I guess. The redundant. new interactive system will, yeah, the new interactive system will be more interactive. I think it's video game development, so sometimes it, it does go the other direction. I just think the statement is kind of funny. Um, now with twice the interactivity, I just know that every time I see Aaron Roberts, um, I get goofy. <laughs> Ooh, okay, sorry. Burp. That was a uh, that was a uh, nope. My stomach is not waiting for the show to be over. <laughs> that that already was more information than I needed to know. Holy cow! So that's uh, Cantina. Can we get you right? a poop hat? Uh, yes, absolutely. Actually, Ferguson Fedora, sir. Probably a poop We're bowl. classy. Ew, gross. <laughs> I don't know why okay. I asked. Um, I should be able to cut from uh, right when you finished that segment, so we can pick right back up. No, oh, we, we had such uh, scintillating discussion. No, we we talked. We talked. Oh, we Lord. said we ser- really? we s- we serenaded you. <laughs> really? Not? So I'm not I'm not cutting any of this out. No. no. <laughs> It is, it is TTWS gold. <laughs> okay, where where are great. you at? <laughs> great. Okay. Look where you at. All right. All right. So we were just talking about the ATVs and about the uh, the Universal Interaction episode on the 11th. Uh, the Prospector interior bits. Um, it's... Uh, I mean, just it's fantastic, and, and I search to a point that Ace brought up just a moment ago. Um, are we gonna? It, it seems I've heard rumblings, and I haven't actually dug through word by word myself. But do we still think that we're gonna get uh, some iteration of mining in 3.0, or do we know? I mean, I, I don't want to speculate, but have, has anybody heard that that it's for sure there or for sure not? Well, is it in the report? Well, I not in that I've schedule? seen. Not that I've seen, but I haven't. Like I said, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't gone through it line by line. It, you know, I, here's the thing. It might. It might not be right now. 3.0 might be a push just to get, you know, that that first iteration of of the game out. That first iteration of uh, of a system out, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably start seeing. Um, I think it's going to be similar to what we saw with 2.0. You know, 2.0, you know, we went this really kind of long stretch of time where we didn't really have any patches. Then we got 2.0, and then we started getting patches in very quick succession. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing with 3.0. I think 3.0 is going to be bare bones, um, and then we're going to start seeing, you know, 3.1, 3.2, 3.3 coming fast and steady, and, you know, with things like mining, um, probably deeper missions, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but what about those images? What about fantastic. the shiny? They were fantastic. There's going to be a lot of good stuff in 3.0. I just don't think we're going to see everything that we're hoping to see. But I think that we'll see those the the additional bits coming in, in 3.1, 3.2, and stuff like that. Or maybe like a 3.0A, 3.0B type of thing. 
Right. Okay. Um, and then also in that same episode, the render to texture procedure. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. It was very. It was very quick. It was very quick. But um, um, we will come back to this later because um, this um, this little nugget uh, lodged itself in my brain and uh, um, uh, decomposed for a little bit and then sprouted. Sprouted it, it, it put down roots and sprouted ideas within it, my mind, which it, um, decompo- I think are, it decomposed. So, are you suggesting that you, you have a mind fungus then? I have a mind Ferguson. This, I'm mind. assuming, this has to do with the um holographic projection, or does it have to do with the light reflection um, for the uh, ships? Or does it, it have to do with to the do- fact that, that in every single alien, an alien movie, there's a, a copious amount of fog uh, just before the alien strikes? Not the fog. It's to do with the first thing that you said, with the uh, projections. Ah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, this is exciting. So we'll, we'll we'll do this on a different show. Uh, but um, I just wanted to. Uh, um, I don't know. I, again, I was concerned we wouldn't have enough material. So I do have notes at the end that we were going to go to should we need material. But it's already fifty-one minutes and thirty-four seconds. So we don't need that material now. I can dig it. We uh, never have a problem with time. We don't. <laughs> we don't. And I don't know why I will always believe that we do. Uh, the Reclaimer. The Claw. Oh, the my claw. God. It's grossly huge on the outside, yet delightfully shiny on the inside. However, got to be about that Claw, baby. Yeah, the Claw. Doing it clambake style. Now, Jimmy, see, see, I expect... I, I, I saw the Claw, and all I could think of was um, Toy Story. The Claw. Ooh. I did not think of Toy Story. I did think of Aliens, though. <laughs> you, didn't, you, you didn't think about uh, Dread Zeppelin? No, I did not think about Dread Zeppelin. But I have, I, I and I have not thought about Dread Zeppelin for a very long time. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't think of Tort Elvis and the Claw? No, no, I didn't. But, but now, Who is Tort Elvis. Now it's I all I can know. see. He's the gentleman in the blue coat. Tort Elvis is amazing. Dread Zeppelin's oh. a great band. Oh, Are they even still so, together? I, I, you know, I went and looked not too long ago, and they were still uh, still performing. Um, uh, you know, smaller clubs, you know, smaller venues, but uh, oh, such so much fun, so much fun. Um, doing it clam bake style. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, and uh, in the grinders, in the reclaimer, how about those grinders? Yeah, that was a great video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm. I'll bet you that falling in there with smart. Uh, yes, I am curious. That was one of the first things I thought about too. I was like, I was, "If you fall in there, are you going to die?" I'm assuming yes. Yeah, there's an idea. And the whole series too. That's it's very very pretty. Um, and the outposts and the uh, the truck stop. So anyway, point being that there have been a lot of visual candies uh, for us recently in the ATVs. Um, and of course, um, let me show your bender face, Jimmy. Can you do a good bender face noise? I don't think I can do a good bender face noise. That would just sound weird. But I can do a good bender face, which I'm doing right now. Okay, uh, Ace, you ready? A three, two, one, bender face. It doesn't make that sound. So I know, confused. but I'm, I'm. It's it's a podcast. You have to. I'm you have so to. So confused. Like, you have to draw pictures with your words. What is a bender noises. face? What is a bender face? Help me, I'm lost here. It's in the picture right next to the picture with the guy. Yes, in the but blue coat. what's the reference? Who is that? That's Steve Bender, <laughs> director of animation for CIG. Oh, Steve Bender. The, 
the the uh, the resolution on that image is not fantastic. For mm. Pete's sake, man. Yeah, no, I would actually I would agree that the the resolution on the image is not fantastic. It's like who's the guy holding the airsoft gun? I'm so confused. We so need a Disco Lando Bender impression emote. Sure. Have you guys seen that? You tell me you've seen that. No, I've not seen that. Oh, sweet buttery Jesus! You have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I will get you gentlemen a link, and next time we will discuss this. Can we throw a little sea salt on that sweet buttery Jesus? <laughs> Oh. I think I made Ace's night. <laughs> you may have broke me just a little bit. Uh, oh. I, I can't. I can't take credit for that one. That one's a. Um, oh, what's that guy's name? The streamer, um, the YouTuber, uh, Rad Brad. Rad Brad used to say that all the time. Very entertaining. Anyway, so player interaction is coming along nicely. So uh, you know, check out the ATVs. They've been really, really, really good of late. And then, of course, the lighting. Um, we mentioned it earlier. Um, uh, Nathan Dursley, the other guy that loves the Alien movies as much as you do, Ace, if not more. <laughs> um, so you've got him and a fog machine. What else do you need to know? Go watch it. It's it's that, really that really fog cool. Fog machine bit. That fog machine bit just killed me when I saw it. I was like, "What are they doing? Oh, oh, it's a fog machine. How clever." <laughs> <laughs> I know at first I, I thought that it was like you know just like a, they did in post they added something over the top in post but then, I wonder if they were having like camera troubles like that that looks like smoke guys you guys maybe <laughs> maybe take a look at that you might want to let Nathan leave we need him <laughs> trapped in a box as a fire is starting mm. <laughs> and then uh, of course the happy hour game dev yes um, uh, this was on the 19th uh, so go check that out uh, the title was how oh no what not how, what? What will you help create? And so what we made was a Vandal doggy. Yay! And of course that makes sense because we already had those kill wrathy kitties. So, you know, make me um, But then, of course, because nerds, uh, they turned it into a penis. Yes. As, as one does. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, pin- the pinnacle of, of evolution is if you have enough spare time in your life that you can make a penis on a wall or something, then your society has reached peak... Uh, uh, perfection for laziness at that point. If you're not starving or fighting, you have enough time to scrawl a penis somewhere. Your society mm-hmm. is good. I would I would disagree. I would say <laughs> that the the first ever drawing in a cave somewhere, what by someone who picked up a piece of uh, a coal or or burnt amber from a from a fire, and the first thing that they did was draw a penis. Amen. And then they flipped their eyelids up. That, that too. <laughs> it's the old traditions, Ace. It's the old traditions we must cling to. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. So definitely uh, go check out, out the ATVs and the uh, the uh, Happy Hour Game Dev. Uh, and so it was um, uh, no Happy Hour the week prior. And I don't think there was anything, actually. I don't think they put anything out. Um, I had been hoping for... Uh, possibly an impromptu RTV show, but um, alas, Virginia, Santa apparently never really did love me after all. Frowny face. So, um, so we're up against it, guys. Uh, we have alternative funding ideas, which was the topic that I wanted to discuss, but I think we're just going to leave it here and move it on out. Uh, unless uh, unless y'all got something you want to add to it. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's revisit uh, the alternative funding ideas on next week's show. 
next week's show. Ace, got anything? I got nothing. Well, then we should all go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. Yes, that is E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows happening throughout the week. You should go to INN and you should learn things there. You can find it at imperialnews.network. You can reach the podcast. Email, it's comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Please do be sure to use that hashtag, TGWS. To join our org, go to robertsspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Do the spectrum. It is robertspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys for ships. And do be sure to check out our Star Citizen gaming community website. It is versecast.org. We are the official chapeau of the Turtlees Liberation Army. My name is Leap, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Yeah, I, agree. I agree with Ace. What? Uh, you can find me most chatty over at Twitter, uh, at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can uh, also find me every Thursday night in our uh, Spectrum chat. Uh, while I uh, host uh, Quantum Drive, uh, the show is uh, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, over on the base, a mix of lore and music. Um, I'm in reruns right now, but I am still live uh, streaming the show. So stop by and say hi. Ace? One night, Gracie. One night, he'll say goodbye again. We just have to hold out. <laughs> uh, Who we brought so- by? Oh, now did, now, did you listen to the last show, Ace? No, I did not listen to the last show. Mark, um, Mark dedicated or brought the show to us by um, a, monster. a monster. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was a finger puppet. No, no, no. It was well. It started out as a finger puppet, but then it morphed into a succubi. Ooh, fancy. that happened. I hate when that happens. It happens all the time. Yeah, when finger, my finger puppet. puppet. So you got a finger puppet, succubi. and then all of a sudden you got a succubi. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> Saturday that's somewhere. <laughs> That is a problem for, for you. Yes, I will agree with that. Uh, <laughs> it's so, definitely a problem. <laughs> so tonight's episode is brought to you by the Dracolich, which is an undead oh. dragon who is meddled with enough necromantic magic to become themselves a, a lich. Uh, they are beyond death. A Dracolich retains its shape and size upon transforming. Its skin and scales drawing tight to its bones or sloughing away to leave a skeletal, skeletal form behind. Its eyes appear as glowing points of light, floating in shadowy sockets, hinting at the malevolence of its undead mind. There you go. Tonight's episode brought to you by the Dracolich. Is it it as seen on TV? (laughs) Yes. Yes, the the amazing, wonderful Dracolich as seen on TV. I think I'd rather have a Squappy. I don't know. They They look like giant rats with not a whole lot of hair. You want the Dracolich? I mean, can you imagine scooping up after that? That's true. That's Honestly, true. it's if it's a Dracolich, it's probably not a whole lot to scoop up after. That's true too. It's dead. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe upon an initial expiring and transformation, but afterwards, I think you're fine. I'm sorry. There's no free lunch. Until next time, then we are those guys with Dracolich, and this has been the first cast. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Toodles.